Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet, literally around the world, church service. I am so happy that you're here today, and I'm convinced in my heart that God's Word is able to build you up to do all that He has called you to do, and also, very importantly, God's Word is able to empower you to become the person that God wants you to become, accomplishing everything that He has called you to do. Praise the Lord. Now, today we're going to be in Psalm 100, and let's drop down to verse 4. The Scripture says, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him, and bless His name. Well, in just a few minutes, we're going to receive the tithes, and the offerings, we're going to bring them into the storehouse of God. And your tithes enable the ministry to continue to reach further around the world. It covers all of the general operating expenses of the ministry, helps us to continue to do all that God has called us to do. And there are special times when we have a special project that we have the opportunity to sow into. And right now we have just such a project. And we are focused right now on a special project for the hangar. We have the opportunity to purchase a hangar for the future ministry aircraft. And the hangar is available right now. Uh, it is presented, uh, it has been presented for sale to our ministry. And it's not even on the market, but it's been made available for us. The price is 400K. That's what we need to do to be able to reach uh, the amount that's needed to purchase the hangar. And my wife and I have been inside of it. It's a beautiful hangar, extremely well built, and will serve the ministry effectively with the uh, building out of the new aviation branch of the ministry. And this will allow us to travel around the world preaching the gospel in person, which is so important to do. So what we're going to do is between now and Thanksgiving, we are endeavoring to sow our best seed into the aviation project of the new hangar. And while you honor the Lord with your tithe, I would like to encourage you to sow a special seed into the hangar project. And I'm calling this the Thanksgiving seed because we enter into the Lord's courts with thanksgiving in our hearts or his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And I believe that between now and Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving is on Thursday, November the 25th, I believe between now and then, God is going to give you the seed to sow. Now, you may already have the seed, and if you would like, you can bring it in right now. Or if you want to, you can wait until Thanksgiving, because you may be thinking, Pastor Stephen, I want to sow something special, and I, I need a little more time to pull it together. There's a certain uh, target or a certain amount I would like to give. And so I believe that God gives seed to the sower. We see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, that God gives seed to the sower. So the Lord will help you to pull together the seed that He would like for you to sow. And I certainly appreciate your participation uh, participation in this project, because I believe with God's help and your gracious giving, we are going to have the amount that's needed to make this wonderful purchase for the ministry. Now, we are familiar with the 
well-known story in Luke chapter 17, verse 15 of the 10 blind men, or excuse me, the 10 lepers that were healed. And verse 15, it says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, there's something very significant about seeing. And so often you actually have to see by faith because when you see it generates or stirs up thanksgiving in your heart. And so we need to see sometimes prophetically uh, what it is that God is going to do. And as you're sowing your thanksgiving seed, let it stir up thanksgiving for you because I believe the Lord is going to bless you to be able to conclude this year on a very, very high note and that the coming year will be designated as a breakthrough breakout year for you. But I tell you, God's not done this year yet. There are going to be wonderful blessings. So let us, let us position ourselves by sowing a special Thanksgiving seed. Praise the Lord. And that's what this person did. He poured out Thanksgiving when he saw that he was healed returned and with a loud voice glorified God. You know, so often we come before the Lord with certain prayer requests and we make those requests known sometimes very loudly. But my friends, uh, I believe that we also need to thank the Lord very, very loudly. Hallelujah. And we can thank him in advance for all that he's done and all that he's going to do. And you can even thank him in advance specifically for that great thing that you're believing him to do. And let this be your Thanksgiving seed that we're going to sow anytime between now and Thanksgiving. If you would like, you could even sow it on Thanksgiving day, Thursday, November the 25th. Now we also see in verse 16 that he fell down on his face at his feet, at the Lord's feet, giving him thanks. Wow. Well, my friends notice that it says that he fell on his face and I believe that the posture, the, the posture of our body as we're thanking God shows really how appreciative we are to God for all that he's done and all that he's going to do. And this man was healed. This man was cleansed, but because of his Thanksgiving, you could even call it a Thanksgiving offering that he was giving because of his Thanksgiving, he was actually made whole. That's why we see in verse 19, and he, Jesus said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you in the original Greek whole. So I believe there was complete restoration from the leprosy. Not only was the leprosy gone and he would now go to the priest and the priest would see no indication of leprosy. But the, uh, when he goes, the priests are not even going to be able to tell he ever even had it because he's not only cleansed, but he's showing no damaging effects. And the Lord is able to restore unto you all that the locust, the canker worm, the palmer worm has eaten up. The Lord is able to restore to you what the devil has stolen, either financially or even through your health. Praise God. God can bring it back and bring it back with a blessing. And so I believe there should be times when we literally prostrate ourselves before Almighty God and say, God, I thank you and I praise you for what you're done and what you're doing, praise the Lord. So we're going to endeavor to follow the guidelines of Scripture concerning Thanksgiving and 
We're not going to come before the Lord with an empty hand. We want to bring an offering, a Thanksgiving offering, and place it before the Lord. And I believe that the Lord is going to bless your Thanksgiving seed. He's going to receive it, and you will be positioned to receive beautiful miracles and breakthroughs in your life. And I want to say thank you for helping the ministry to move forward in this special area, in this special project. And this, my friends, I have very uh, carefully prayed about. And the Lord is in this, praise God. And the the deep motivator for this, the bottom underlying uh, lowest denominator, so to speak, is the winning of souls. Praise God. That's why there's certain places I've got to go and I've got to be able to get there in person. Hallelujah. Uh, the world is not shut down by COVID. I know there's a lot of paranoia, a lot of fear, but there's a lot of countries. They're just like, Hey, we've got so many other problems. We're not even really aware of COVID. So there are places that are that they are literal hotspots where people are wide open for the gospel. And that's why there is the need to go in person and we're going to be going often. Praise the Lord. We're going to continue to maintain all of the platforms that we currently have, all of the branches of the ministry that we currently have, but we are expanding also into this new area because it is a vital tool of world evangelism. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let us now honor the Lord. Let us bring the tithe into the storehouse. And also, if you would like to sow your Thanksgiving seed now, you can. Or if you're still pulling that together, any time between now and Thanksgiving, even on Thanksgiving Day, will be fine. Okay, so you can bring your tithes and your special offering in by mail if you prefer. Please send them to Stephen Brooks International. P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28654. Now, if you do have your special offering for your Thanksgiving offering for the Hangar Project, please make a note of that on your check or on your uh, giving, your offering, so that we can designate it into that proper place. Praise the Lord. Now, if you prefer to bring your tithes and your special offering in online, you can do so from anywhere in the world. Please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage that has a red heart on it. It says give. You can click that. It'll take you directly to the area where you can give your tithe online, and you'll also see the Hanger Project. Woo! Glory to God. And you can sow directly into it. Mm-mm. I am I'm very excited about your harvest. I am very excited about the harvest that the Lord is going to bless coming back to you from this Thanksgiving offering, this Thanksgiving seed. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Okay. Lift your hands. Heavenly Father, I bless your people. I bless your people. And I thank you that as they are uh, honoring you with their finances and they're putting you first in their lives, I thank you, Father, that Uh, I, I just ask that your grace would come upon them for sometimes what the Lord desires in his heart, which is a deeper expression of appreciation. And Father, let there, uh, let there be a thanksgiving expressed even through prostration 
and worship and lifting of hands and uh, through dancing and leaping and rejoicing. Thank you, Father God. We give you all of the praise as we follow the guidelines of your biblical praise book, the book of Psalms in 100 verse 4. Father, where you said that we are to enter into your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. So, Father, we thank you. We do not come empty-handed, and we thank you that Thanksgiving is coming up. Father, sometimes celebrate it uh, primarily in America as a national holiday, but at the same time, around the world, we can all uh, sow into this and be thankful for what you're doing in our lives and all that you've done, and also for what we are anticipating with great expectancy for you to do in the days ahead. We give you praise in Jesus' great name. We pray, amen and amen. Praise God. And thank you so much for your faithful giving. Praise the Lord. Now, today I would, lock, uh, I would like to talk about the subject of walking, excuse me, working. Uh, you could say this is walking because we're going to view it as a lifestyle, but I would like to put more of an emphasis on working it because that's, that's a, a clear expression of what we're going to go into. I want to talk about working in the supernatural. Ooh, praise God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come, bringing the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus, the knowledge of his word, his will, his ways. And Father, let us see it. Let the light come to our understanding. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to talk today about working in the supernatural. And I think one of the best places to start is in the book of Acts chapter 2, because this, my friends, is when the church was started. This is when the church was birthed. Praise God. And of course, we see that the church of Jesus had a supernatural birth in the upper room, and everyone in the body of Christ is also born into the supernatural world just like they were. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There is the empowerment of the church, the empowerment of God's people through the almighty Holy Spirit. So this is a supernatural experience. So the church was birthed into the supernatural there in the upper room. And God wants you to be walking and working in the supernatural as well. And we see this very clearly in the very foundation that was laid for the church itself in the book of Ephesians chapter two. Let's jump over there. Ephesians chapter two. And we go to verse 20 and it says concerning the household of God or the church of God, verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Anytime a structure is built, whether it's a house, commercial building, or some type of large uh, institution, even a skyscraper, there is always that 
cornerstone. Praise God. And so the building is joined to that foundation, uh, and it's all held together. The foundation, the cornerstone, the whole building, it's joined together. I, I enjoy watching that, particularly in skyscrapers where you have such a deep, deep foundation. And that foundation has all of these steel rods that are into the cement and the steel rods are sticking up. And as they start to build the first level of the skyscraper, all of that connects into, it doesn't just sit on top of a cement block. It's joined together. It's, it's bonded together. Praise the Lord. There is a, there is a very integral connection between the foundation and the structure that sits upon top of it. Even when you lay the foundation uh, for the home and you, you've poured all the footers and now you've got your foundation, your uh, slab foundation, but even still before they uh, start, you know, putting up all the two by fours and everything, you have the main beams that you run all along the perimeter of the foundation. And those are screwed down with uh, rods that go into the concrete foundation itself. And then you start building up. So we're all connected praise God with Jesus and the apostles. And you have to understand that what you see in Jesus and the apostles in the foundation is not something separate than what we have. No more is the structure separate from sitting on the foundation. We're all linked together. So you see your, 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 not only your lineage, but your destiny, what you're made of in the foundation. So you have Jesus and the apostles and the prophets, you have that integrating into you. Glory to God. And you see that with the apostles, for example, that their calling into ministry or their calling into the apostleship was all uh, within an area of supernatural unfolding. And they all had training into the miraculous. So much of it was in the miraculous realm where Jesus would just say, follow me. And that meant the leaving of boats that meant the leaving of full-time careers. And they walked away from things. And while they walked away from it, God was causing provision to come to them. And so there is training further into the miraculous. And then there was the time when Jesus sent them out. First, he sent the 12 out. Then later he sent the 70 out. And this, my friends, was a supernatural sending with a supernatural working, as we see in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. Praise the Lord. Luke 10, verse 1. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also, and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And then we move over to verse 4. Verse 4 tells us that Jesus told them, Carry neither money bag, how about that? Don't take your ATM card. Don't take any money. You think, how in the world are we going to make it? He said, carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. And then we have verse 9, and heal the sick. Woo, praise the Lord. Do you, do you see the supernatural nature, not only of the calling, but also the working that they were involved in, where even when they returned and said, oh, uh, you know, your Lord, we're casting out demons, and the sick are being healed, and all kinds of great things are happening. And Jesus even asked them, where, uh, well, when I sent you, did you lack anything? They said, no, we didn't lack anything. So this is the supernatural working of God in their lives. And so the early 
church had it. The apostles and prophets that were integrated into the foundation had it. Jesus, the cornerstone, he had it for sure. And my friends, we are connected into that. The supernatural is supposed to be working in our lives as well. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. This is very important. If we as Christians disregard the place of the supernatural in our lives and our walk while here on the earth, we will become spiritually feeble. We'll be feeble spiritually. We'll be weak. There'll be very little that we will be able to accomplish. Praise God. Why is this? Because without that supernatural empowerment and the ability to work in the supernatural, we become vulnerable to the many devices of the devil because we are confronted daily with all of these different spiritual forces that are arrayed against us. And we see those forces mentioned very clearly in the book of Ephesians chapter six and verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we have to be able to navigate and work in the spirit. Praise the Lord. The supernatural is the only thing that differentiates, causes a distinct separation between the Christian faith and all other faiths that are out there. Mm -mm. There is only one true and living God. And that true and living God works with his church, works with Israel to demonstrate the reality of God's existence and God's power within the earth. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. And since we are in the age right now, where primarily the focus has been upon the church. Well, God is displaying his glory through the church. Now the moment a Jewish person turns to Christ, hallelujah, they are now in the church as well. There's only one church. There's not two churches on the earth, and there's also not a church in heaven and a church on the earth. There's one church. We are all linked together through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So, my friends, the supernatural is the proof of the Christian's faith. The supernatural is, res is reserved not just for a few, but for all believers. In other words, it's not just for maybe an apostle or a prophet or a bishop or an archbishop or somebody like that, or just maybe a few select pastors, but it's for every believer. And we see that, of course, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, where Jesus said in verse 17, And these signs will follow those who believe. So these signs are for believers. If you are a believer, the Lord Jesus is looking for these signs to follow you because they are supposed to. And these signs will follow those who believe. And so we have these various signs, casting out demons, speaking with new tongues, 
having uh, a protection from uh, various forms of poison that would try to be used against us or perhaps snuck into our drink or something like that. Uh, if we're out doing the work of the Lord, even should there be a uh, accidental snake bite or something like that, there is a supernatural protection uh, from the Lord and also the laying on of the hands of on the sick so that the sick recover. These are signs that follow not just certain ministers, they follow believers and they are working in your life. These need to be working in your life. Hallelujah. So I want us now to take a look at just a few keys that will help us to work in the supernatural. I believe now that you can clearly see that this is something that you are appointed to work in. So now that you have a good oversight that this is God's plan for you. Let's talk about exactly how we can work in it and begin to step into it. And first of all, we must understand it all begins with redemption because redemption, salvation in Christ positions you to be a supernatural sign among those around you. I want to say it again, your redemption positions you to be a supernatural sign among those around you. Mm -mm. Well, let's think about Adam just for a moment. The first man, Adam was made in the image of God. His spirit was alive to God. Praise the Lord. It's almost like he wasn't even aware that he had a body. He knew he had a body, but he's primarily living out of his spirit. His spirit was alive to God. Now we have a problem at the fall of man. When Adam sinned, his spirit man died. His spirit man died. Now he did not die physically, but even death is an enemy. So it was never God's intention for Adam to ever die, but because he died spiritually that later produced death even in his body. So spiritual death came first, and that's why we actually have death today. And uh, the sting of death, or that fear of death, or like a foreboding of death, that has been taken away through Christ Jesus. So even should you die, should the Lord tarry and not return in our lifetime, there's no fear of death. It's just like you just died. It's like walking through an invisible curtain and you walk over to the other side and you're forever with the Lord in the presence of the Lord there in heaven. Praise God. So Adam, when he died, his spirit man died. And at that point he was reduced to simply being a natural being. Wow. He was just like a normal man. He had lost his spiritual life. When Jesus came, what died in Adam was restored back to man through the salvation experience. Mm -mm. Now every redeemed child of God carries in his or her body today the very blessings and all of the qualities that Adam carried in the garden before the fall. Wow. It's amazing what Jesus has done for us. So we know in Scripture that Jesus said that which is born of flesh is flesh that which is born of flesh just natural childbirth that's only flesh but that which is born of the Holy Spirit is a living spirit that's why we are instructed we are commanded to be born again you cannot see 
You know, you don't even understand it or know about it. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. Woo! Praise the Lord. So, this is very important for some to understand. I know many of you understand this, but let me say this. The new birth is not an adjustment of your lifestyle. In other words, this is not religion. We're not trying to put religion on people by saying, do better, uh, you know, uh, uh, don't smoke, and uh, don't, don't curse, uh, don't sleep around, don't do stuff like that. Uh, so clean your life up and just be a good person, and then you'll go to heaven. No, Jesus didn't die uh, uh, for just, you know, to make people better. He died so that people that are spiritually dead can receive new life through the born again experience. Because if you haven't experienced that, you are dead spiritually in your sins and trespasses, your trespasses against God's word. If you trespass on somebody's property without their permission, you can get a ticket, you can get a fine. If you keep doing it, you get arrested. When you trespass against God's word, you're basically saying, God says, don't do this. And you're saying, I'm going to trespass. I'm going to go around that and do it anyhow. So that's a violation. And so the wages of sin, it's death. What kind of death? Spiritual death. Well, I did it. I, I, I sinned and I didn't die. But see, you eventually will. Spiritual death leads to physical death. And uh, Jesus has redeemed us from these things but my friends, Jesus didn't just die so people could be better people. No, Jesus died to save those that are lost in sins and that can come and receive his new life. Praise the Lord. So the new birth is not an adjustment of one's lifestyle. It is a miracle. It is a miracle of recreation. The recreating of the human spirit that is dead now into a living spirit, just like the way Adam used to be back in the garden. So the new birth restores dominion back to mankind, dominion over all the yucky stuff. Primarily, the main thing, dominion over sin. Wow. Hallelujah. You're free. You don't have to, you're not ruled and governed by darkness. You're not ruled and governed by the invisible forces of evil. You're not ruled and governed by outrageous passions and desires. Sin no longer has dominion over the child of God. Hallelujah. So you have dominion over sin and sickness and disease and poverty and lack and insufficiency and fear and uh, depression and suicidal thoughts and so forth and all the junk that's out there. Complete deliverance from it and dominion over it. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now let's look at this just for a moment in John, the Gospel of John. And we're going to go over to chapter 3. And I would like us to take a look at verse 5. Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which, born, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. It doesn't matter if you're born Jewish. I'm born Jewish. I'm right with God. No, through Christ, you're right with God. You're not, you're not saved by works. You're not saved by the law because you can't keep the law. 
That was the whole purpose of the law is to teach you that it's perfect and that humans aren't. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Nothing wrong with the law. The law is perfect and holy. But it's like trying to tell a man, high jump over the Eiffel Tower. And you realize, I, I can't do that. Exactly. Now you're starting to learn the purpose of what it is all about. So the only way that you can be justified is not by works, but by faith. Faith in what? Faith in the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who died for our sins on Calvary, and was laid in a tomb, and rose through the mighty resurrection, and has now ascended to the right hand of Almighty God the Father. Praise the Lord forever. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So is everyone. Everyone born of the Holy Spirit becomes a supernatural sign amongst others that are in the earth. I want to say it again. Everyone born of the Holy Spirit becomes a supernatural sign amongst others. Woo! Praise the Lord. Why is that? Because the others who can't see it, who can't understand it, who are not born again, they, they cannot tell, in a sense, where you're coming from. They, they, they can't understand why you do the things you do. Why do you, why do you believe the things that you believe? They don't understand any of that. Just like they don't know how, where's the wind coming from? They don't understand that. But just like the wind also, they cannot deny your effect. You're there and there's something about you. What is it? They may not even be able to put their finger on it, but I'll tell you one thing, they'll know it's different. So that is why God designates you as a sign to give him glory, to be a living testimony. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now, what we're talking about today, about working in the supernatural is not something that's just going to be hid knowledge. This is experiential knowledge that you're going to be walking in from an ongoing basis from this point. Praise God. Hallelujah. And remember, it begins with a new birth. So for many of you, you're born again. You're already qualified. You're ready to go. Praise the Lord. And I like what Jesus said to Nicodemus in uh, verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless one is born again. The Amplified Bible says, unless one is reborn from above. A literal translation is born from above. What do you mean from above? Well, certainly not beneath. From above. Hallelujah. You're born by the Spirit. You're born from the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And what is from above is above all. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, this working in the supernatural begins with the redemption experience of having Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then it moves into operating in the mind of Christ, which allows you to begin to work in the supernatural. We see this in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And let's go directly to verse 16. 
For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Well, what does that really mean? What does it really mean that we have the mind of Christ? Well, let's see if we can open this up further by looking at a reference scripture. Let's go to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And let's take a look at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Now, Jesus in eternity past, before he ever received a physical body through the birth of a virgin, long before that, way in eternity past, when he was simply known as the Son, the Son of God, the, okay, so you have the Father God. You have Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God, three distinct persons within the Godhead. But the name of Jesus back in the ages past was the Word. That's what He was called. In the beginning was the Word. Now, I'm telling you, that's why God loves, his, that's why God loves the Bible so much. Why? Uh, God's name is the Word. Yes, we call Jesus Jesus, but he's also known as the eternal word. Mm -mm. And he puts a very high priority, as you've noticed, on his words. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Mm -mm. He was in the beginning with God. All things, not some things, all things were made through him. Well, Pastor Stephen, my science teacher in high school told me that we all came uh, from a bunch of monkeys and, we, and we, we've evolved over billions and billions of years. All things were made through him. Who is him? Jesus, the living word of God. Jesus made everything. He made the mountains. He made the monkeys. Woo! He made the oceans. Mm, he made it all. All things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. So let's think about this just for a moment, a moment concerning Jesus. The Bible says that we have his mind. We have the mind of Christ. So through our redemption, we have the creative mind of Christ because we see in the Bible that when the earth was without void, uh, without form, and had, it was void, we see that that mind of Christ came on the scene. Jesus came on the scene with his mind. Here comes the Word. What's the Word going to do? The Word's going to use his mind, and with that mind, he is going to formulate what he wants to do, and then he's going to speak, and things are going to begin to happen. Praise the Lord. And when you operate with the mind of Christ, and then speak accordingly with that Creative ability, things happen in your life. Let's take a look at it in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, and let's go to verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It didn't happen by an accident. It didn't happen by a big bang. It happened by God. Hallelujah. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So the Spirit is hovering. Then God said, who said? God, 
the Father or the Holy Spirit? Who said it? Jesus did the word. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Mm -mm -mm. That is the mystery of Jesus. 100% man, 100% God walking around on the earth. Woo. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't understand that. Well, nobody does really, because it is a divine mystery. But he is all man, and at the same time, he is all God, almighty God, the creator of everything. There he was walking along the Jordan, walking in uh, uh, the land of Israel, ministering, teaching, praying for the sick. That's the same person that spoke it all into existence, the stars, the planets. That, that was him walking on the shore of Galilee. Mm-mm. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing. Praise God. So in Christ, we tie in to his mind and his creative wisdom. And because we have the mind of Christ, our lives can no longer be void like the earth used to be just some big empty space, not developed, not planned out, uh, you know, just all void and vacant. No, no. We have his mind operating in our lives. And because we have the mind of Christ, darkness also can no longer exist just continually, you know, covering our lives, covering our destinies, covering uh, the blessings that God has for us. No, no. Hallelujah. When Jesus came on the scene, the Holy Spirit is there ready to perform, waiting for the words to come out of the, out of the mouth of the word. And the word shows up. He looks around and he thinks about what he wants to do and he sees that there's no form and it's void and he thinks I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. He notices everything is dark and boom sheds light on the situation first and begins creating begins forming. Hallelujah. And you have that same ability. Why? You have the mind of Christ. Glory to God. So in the same way in which the wisdom of God works that anointing is working on your mind to create whatever is absent or missing from your life. It's like having your own world. In a sense, you have your own world. You have your own life. Praise the Lord. So you're going to begin the work in the supernatural. And that involves your redemption as a born again child of God, washed with the blood. Hallelujah. And it begins with operating in the mind that you now have, where you begin to wash it with the pure water of the word. And you don't think the way that you used to, not only in the sense of a reprobate mind, but also not only in the sense of just limiting this to intellectualism alone. That I'm not against intellectualism, but that's not necessarily what I'm referring to. Matter of fact, it's not re what I'm referring to it at all. I'm talking about spiritual intelligence that comes through the mind of Christ. Glory to God. I was reading the testimony of a brother who's a Christian and his company told him one day, they said, we're going to send you to the refinery because, you know, we've created some equipment that they're using, they subcontracted to us, and we're, we've created equipment that they are using at the refinery, and we have, we have uh, some equipment out there that's not working. And so we're going to send you out there to fix it, 
And we just need to let you know that we've already sent others that are very qualified. And they, they can't solve the problem. And we're sending you. And we're trusting you are going to be able to get this job done. And uh, they said, we're going to send you. Uh, it was actually on Tuesday. They said, we're going to send you on Wednesday. He said, well, I, I can't go Wednesday. He said, send me Thursday. He said, the only reason why you said Thursday was because he's so nervous because he knew this was beyond his ability to fix. It was very complicated equipment. And while he did have training on that equipment, he wasn't the engineer that designed it. So he's, he's not that skilled in troubleshooting, but they said, you're the guy. And not only that, you're our last, our last chance to get this fixed because their, their tech people at the refinery can't fix it. The ones we've sent from our own company who created it, they can't fix it. So uh, you're our last shot. So he was a believer, spirit-filled believer that loved the Lord and also understood this reality that uh, although it's, there's a mystery element to it, we now have the mind of Christ and we have got to be able to tie into that. And so they sent him to the refinery, and when they got there, the overseer said, you are your company's last shot, and if you can't fix this, we are discontinuing the contract that we have with your company. And by the way, it was a very profitable contract. So uh, he said, now we have heard good things about you, that you're a fixer, that you're a problem solver, and before... I take you to the site where the problem is at. I'm going to take you by some of the different offices here at the refinery. And they took him by the various offices. And every time he was taken in, they, they said, this is the guy. He was introduced as being, this is the guy that we've been told that can fix it. And the whole time he's thinking, oh, God, you're really going to have to be with me because this is beyond me. And so they eventually, after they showed him these various departments, they took him to the problem. And they they went to the, uh, the, the room where the problem was at, and they said, now we have two places in this room where you have duplicate equipment. The problem over here has been going on for six months. The problem over here has been going on for a year, and nobody can fix it, and uh, the pressure's on. So he said, well, let's go to the problem that's been here for six months. Let's tackle that one first. So he goes to it and uh, turns everything off, turns it back on. Okay, so the problem's still there, shuts everything off, turns all power off, goes over to the electrical panel, opens it up, and there's just wires. There's wires and, and circuit breakers, and there's very complex wires going all over the place. And he stood there, and all these men, all these specialists are watching him to see what he's going to do. And so he opens it up, and he sees all of this vast complexity of wires and stuff like that. And he, sa and he says quietly, he says, he says, God show me what to do. And as he stood there just for a few seconds, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, test, test circuit number 132, test circuit number 134. And so he began to run the voltage test on those and found out that the voltage had somehow gone low on those two, and that's why the whole thing wasn't firing up, because there was a discrepancy in the signals being sent through the wiring, and he, he made adjustments and fixed those two, and then shut everything off and turned it back on, and to everybody's amazement, it worked. It fixed the problem, so, and, and by, by this time, all, all the workers were stunned because somebody had actually fixed it, so they go to the next one. And it was the same problem, and the Holy Spirit showed him what was wrong with that one, too. And he made the repairs on that and fixed it. And that turned him into a hero. 
He's a hero now, not only at the refinery, he's a hero back at the, uh, the company that he works for because that has now preserved the contract. Woo, glory to God. But my friends, this, this is the mind of Christ that I'm trying to refer to. It's not just intelligence. Because you, there is a place the human mind can only go so far. But we're talking about supernatural intelligence because you know God knows. You know God knows how to fix that. That's what you're tapping into. The wisdom of Christ. The mind of Christ. And you get into that. You start working in the supernatural. You start working in the miracle realm. Mm, mm, mm. Lift your hands. Father, let that come on your people now in the name of Jesus. Mm, mm. Glory. Glory to God. Boy, there's anointing on that. Anointing all over that. Praise the Lord. Okay, so we work in the supernatural, number one, by connecting with our foundation. Tying into the foundation of Christ, the cornerstone, the apostles, the prophets that all walked in this experience of divine empowerment, of miracles, of working in the supernatural. We are the church laid on their foundation. Whoo, glory to God. So that extends into our lives. So by right of redemption, we move into the working of the supernatural. And number two, through the mind of Christ, the anointed one, we move into the working of the supernatural because the anointing that is on his mind touches our minds and we know what to do glory to God and you may not even had have had specialized training in that area but it's where God wants you to be and God's got you there and he's with you and that anointing will flow I was uh, reading with amusement the story of an Indian man he was a, a, a what is that word um You'll have to forgive me, all of my Indian friends from India. Uh, when you wear the turban on your head, uh, it's the, uh, the Sikhs, if I'm correct. Yes. Well, he was a Sikh, and he received Christ as his, Lord, as his Lord and Savior. And he also got filled with the Holy Spirit. And now he's serving the Lord, and he's, he's moving forward in his walk with God. He was in his 30s. And the Lord had him take a job at the hospital as a, as a cook. And the, the cook position was the lead cook for the entire hospital. And you're not only cooking for the doctors and the staff, but also, as many of you would know, at, at hospitals, sometimes they use uh, a room as a conference room that they will rent out and have banquets and host events. And then, of course, the chef is going to cook for them as well. It brings in extra revenue for the hospital. And so he was thrown in as a cook with absolutely no training, had never cooked at home, had never um, had any type of culinary training or anything like that. So he's just thrown in and he was like, while he's trying to look at cookbooks and things like that, he's also like, God, what, what do I do? How do I, how do I mix these flavors and stuff like that? And the Holy Spirit was helping him and the Holy Spirit just stabilized him and kept him calm. And then there was a large convention. And if I'm correct, if I read the story correct, there were 3000 attendees at this convention that he had to cook for. And it was a very special Indian meal that he had to prepare one that the locals loved. And you got to dial in the spices just right. And so he's pulling all of this stuff together and putting these leaves and powders and all this stuff that, that blends these spices. And when the meal was done and everybody had finished, there were people, he said, there were people coming up to me and saying, that was the most delicious meal I've ever had in my life. <laughs> what is that? That's the mind of Christ operating in you to function in your gifting in your career field with that anointed mind. 
Yes, intelligence is good, but spiritual intelligence will take you into areas that intellect alone cannot solve. Glory to God. Yes, we need to educate our minds, but there are some areas only the mind of God can take you into those realms and begin to bring the answers and solutions that are so greatly needed. Mm -mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we have redemption. We have the mind of Christ. And this next one is very important for working in the supernatural. This next one is called the divine presence. And we see this so beautifully in the gospel of Matthew. And let's go to Matthew chapter uh, 28, Matthew chapter 28, praise the Lord, glory to God. And Matthew 28 verse 19, Jesus said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit, teaching them, whoo, hallelujah, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Watch this. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. So Jesus, who was about to leave, said, lo, I'm with you always. And the apostles were probably thinking, well, uh, okay, we know you're about to leave, but you have told us about the comforter who is to come. So there is the reality of Jesus being with you always through the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. And it is true. It is true that we as believers can all testify that God is with us. Jesus, through his presence, has never left or forsaken us, and he never will. He's right there with us all the time. Now, you may not feel it in a sense where there's like a tangible sense. Sometimes you do. But even still, there is a knowing that God is with me. Praise the Lord. Yes, there is still the walk of faith. But my friends, there is that divine presence that comes along with you. And we see this even referred to in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Hallelujah. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name, uh, excuse me, and shall call his name what? what? What's his name going to be called? Come on, you know it. Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. Praise the Lord. So, divine presence is a key factor in the school of the miraculous. Divine presence is a key factor in working in the supernatural. Glory to God. Because divine presence guarantees this working. It guarantees it. Praise the Lord. When God is there, things just begin to happen. Sickness and disease are flattened. Frustration and harassment are terminated. Oh, glory to God. When he comes on the scene with his presence, there is an immediate change and the forces of hell are terrified. They back off and they leave. Why? A much greater power has come on the scene. We see this very clearly in Psalm 114, Psalm 114. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, 
Judah became his sanctuary, and Israel his dominion. The sea saw it and fled. Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rams, the little hills like lambs. What ails you, O sea, that you fled? O Jordan, that you turned back. O mountains, that you skipped like rams. O little hills, like lambs. You're about to find out what made them shake, tremble, and move back. Verse 7, tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turned the rock into a pool of water, the flint into a fountain of waters. So God's presence coming on the scene changes everything. I've had it happen so many times in my life. One special time it happened uh, in Jerusalem, very near by the Sea of Galilee. When we were in a hotel one time, I was, uh, my wife and I were leading the tour, and we had our tour group together. There at the hotel, we're all sitting down, and I was getting ready to share a message with them. And while I was just getting ready, sitting there, Jesus walked into our midst. He literally walked into our, the circle of our little group, and his presence was absolutely overwhelming. And I was able to minister in the anointing uh, to those that were there. And it was even catching those that were sitting around uh, in other chairs. They were looking because they were so startled by the presence. They couldn't explain it or understand what it was. But God came there. And afterwards, afterwards, there was a dear Christian lady. She was, uh, she's a Roman Catholic a precious woman of, of the Lord. She came uh, to me and said afterwards, she said, she said, Pastor Stephen, she said, God came into the room. I said, I know. She said, I've never had that happen before. She said, God came into the room. I said, yeah, I know. He did. Hallelujah. Now, if you could have been in the spirit, if you were able to see in the spirit, you would have seen Jesus standing there. He literally walked into the room. Ooh, hallelujah. Mm -mm. And I've had other times where the presence would come and the spirit would come upon me and the presence would be so strong. I could just stand there and minister to anybody that's around me. I can tell you about your life. I could prophesy to you. I can minister by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, that presence. Glory to God. And everybody else can sense it too. And when that presence is there strong, nobody wants to leave. Nobody wants to leave. Now, when it lifts, then you can leave Go eat, go on about your, your activities or whatever you would like to do. But oh, my friends, divine presence uh, is extremely powerful. And you can work in the miraculous when that divine presence is there. You have to be able to notice that, to discern that, and acknowledge that. And when it happens, I, I remember one time, my wife and I and the children were going to go to bed. And we were kind of laughing. It was late at night, and uh, we're, you know, uh, putting the covers over the children, and we're laughing, and suddenly the Lord's presence came into the room, and the Spirit of God came all over me, and I began to prophesy. And uh, Matthew, he said, he said, oh, he said, why are you playing around? I said, I, I, I had to stop prophesying just for a moment. I said, I'm not praying. I'm under the anointing and God is here. And then phoom, they, all, they all, it was electrifying. And I prophesied to Matthew and I prophesied to Jennifer and the Lord was speaking the most sacred things through me. Woo. And it just changes everything. Mm -mm -mm. 
Hallelujah. Another time, a few years after that, in a church service, this is going back, um, this was in, in the 1990s, but we had a church service, and uh, I was, believe it or not, I was actually playing the keyboard a little bit. Not that I can play well at all, but I was just trying to hold together a few chords and sing a, a few very basic, plain, uh, uh, plain, simple worship songs. And during one song, the Holy Spirit fell, and the presence of God came so strong, that divine presence. And uh, Jennifer, our, our oldest daughter, had a cyst on her, on her wrist right here, and it was a lump. And if you were to touch it, it looked like a rubber ball and you could just squish it. And, and it was just a cyst of, of tissue that was formed there. And she didn't like it, of course, because it didn't look good and it wasn't going away. It was getting larger. And, uh, I just said, Jennifer, stretch out your hand. And I said, I command that to leave in the name of Jesus and whoop, just disappeared just like that. Well, of course that in a sense would be a small thing. That's not like a mountain. That's not like the red sea splitting, but it doesn't matter. Regardless of what the situation is, the Lord's presence will come and it will infuse you with strength and with joy. And it will also terrify your enemies. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And as you see here in Psalm 114, there is a backing off. There is a backing off of the sea. The sea can often represent peoples that would mock or rage against God. But when the presence comes, uh, they get silent. They back up. Why? Nobody wants to die. At least not prematurely when that uh, the scripture calls it the fear of the Lord, the spirit of the fear of the Lord in situations like that, a better translation would be the terror of the Lord, the terror of the Lord coming against all the wicked, all the wicked and all the unrepentant, hard hearted sinners who hate God. Oh, when the terror of the Lord shows up, oh, whoosh, screaming, running, oh, even Oh, let the mountains fall on us that we might escape the judgment of a holy God. Well, it doesn't matter if the mountains collapse upon them, they're going to be brought out and they will be judged. Every man, woman, boy, girl will stand before the living God one day and be judged for the way they've lived their lives in the flesh. And if you're not covered with the blood of Christ, and if you're not in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the savior of the world, you'll have no chance standing on your own merits before a holy, blameless, sinless God. Mm -mm. Glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. So we work in the supernatural through redemption, through the mind of Christ, and through divine presence. And also, my friends, something very important is that we must believe that we can work in the supernatural, that we can literally work in the miraculous. We must believe it because it's our inheritance. It is our portion. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, even with one of the special spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And then in verse 10, we see to another the working of miracles. Notice the working of miracles, not the waiting on miracles. Even with the Holy Spirit, coming with that mighty anointing of the gift called working of miracles. 
you still have to work it. It's not going to happen unless you stand and get in there and work it. Praise God. I've had it happen in my life when that gift manifests. I just can't stand back. I have, I have to get in there and do my part and then boom, God will do his part. It works a miracle. And you still have to believe. Even when the anointing is flowing, you still have to believe God. So my friends, you're going to have to believe that is our fourth point today. Praise the Lord. There's redemption. There's the mind of Christ. There is divine presence. But we must believe that God wants us to work in the supernatural. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're actually created for this. Again, we see it very clearly. We looked at it earlier in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs will follow those who, who do what? Who believe. They follow those who believe that God wants you to work in signs, that God wants you to work in the supernatural. Woo! These signs will follow those who believe. So you first have to believe that you are created to work signs and wonders before they can follow you. I want to say it again. You have to first believe that you are created to work signs and wonders before they can follow you. We see that right there in scripture. And we also see it in Isaiah chapter eight. And this, look, this is really a word for the hour right here. This is the church's word for the hour. And it's Isaiah chapter eight and it's verse 18. Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel. And you can look at that from the, uh, from the church age and say, we are for signs and wonders in the church. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Because when you're in Christ, that difference between male and female in Christ begins to vanish. When you're in Christ, that difference between Jew and Gentile begins to vanish. And when you are in Christ, he is the head and you are the body. The church is the body of Christ. Christ. Hallelujah. And so this is for God's people everywhere. Hallelujah. You are appointed for signs and wonders. You are appointed. You have to believe it. You have to believe it that you are appointed for signs and wonders. You're not supposed to just have a normal life. Woo. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You're supposed to have a life where you work in the supernatural. Mm-mm. We see the Apostle Paul touching on this very point. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse, uh, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. They're refer, them referring to the Israelites that were with Moses in the wilderness. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So you have to hear it, but you also have to believe it. You have to say, yes, that's true. I like that. I want that. I believe that. That is for me. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, because we do live in a physical, natural world, because of that, many Christians have unconsciously, they have unconsciously lost their 
supernatural identity. Their understanding of God must not be only of what God can do, but also of what he has done in us and for us. Praise God. So yes, we believe it. We do believe it. We believe that we are appointed for signs and wonders in the church so that those that are outside can see the light. They can see that God has designated you. God is working in your life, even in ways they can't explain, just like the wind. They don't know where you're coming from. They don't even know why you're doing what you're doing or, why, or where you're going and why you're going. But they know there's the impact of the wind that it makes that's undeniable. Praise the Lord. So my friends, we also have to understand that this spiritual inheritance is something that we are called to walk in. Praise God. So let's take a look at it in the book of Ephesians because we have redemption. We have the mind of Christ. We have divine presence and we also must believe. And finally we must possess a mentality of being far above. I want to say it again. We must possess a mindset, a mentality of being far above. Let me explain that to you by referring to the book of Ephesians. And we're going to go over to Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 6. And here in verse 6, it refers to how God has raised us up together. Okay, so that together is we were raised up with Christ. God has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Notice that it says, and raised us up. Some translations say, has raised us up. In other words, this raising up or lifting up is something that's not going to happen. It is something in the mind of God that he has already done. So in God's mind, when he lifted Jesus up and seated him at his right hand, there was also the lifting up of his body, the lifting up of the church. And so that is your position with Christ, which is to be seated in the heavenly realms. This is expressed even more clearly in the previous chapter, Ephesians chapter one, verse 21, where we see that God has raised Jesus far above See, that's what I'm talking about. Far above. This is a far above mentality, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Now, somebody might say, well, Pastor Stephen, that's, that's clearly the lifting up of Jesus, but it doesn't say anything about us. Well, we were in Christ. When Jesus was on the cross, mm, mm, he died for us, for the, for the remission, for the taking away of our sins, for the forgiveness of our sins. And the moment we received Christ into our hearts, although he did that 2000 years ago, he could look forward and he could see you and he could see me and he could see us receiving what he made available for us there on Calvary. Hallelujah. And so when he was resurrected, excuse me, when he was crucified and died, placed in the grave, resurrected, and then ascended in that ascension in that going up, there was our lifting up with him as well. Verse 22. 
and he put all things, God put all things under his feet, under Jesus' feet, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. If the head has been lifted up, the head cannot go without the body because the head's attached to the body. The church has been lifted up with Christ. Woo! Praise the Lord. And as we see, we've been seated together in the heavenly realms in him. It is a spiritual reality, but you have to believe that and you have to have that mentality or else you're going to think all of this other stuff is somehow over you. You'll think, well, sickness is over me. The flu's over me. All of these yucky things running around that people are catching and getting, you know, getting jabbed for that stuff could jump on me at any time because it's over me or, you know, something, some type of calamity could befall me because that's over me. So you're going to have to understand that. No, you're in Christ and you are above all of that because where is he far above it, far above every sickness. And at the name of Jesus, it all has to bow its knee. Woo, glory to God. And you are in him. So we stand our ground. We are seated with him. And we are above those things. Praise God. Every form of sickness and oppression, you are above it. Every form of fear and phobia, you are above it. Matter of fact, concerning sickness and disease, the Bible clearly defines sickness as being Satanic oppression of the devil that is beneath your feet. You are above it. We see that in the book of Acts chapter 10. Let me just turn there very quickly. Verse 38, Acts 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing, healing all who were oppressed by the devil that tells you that every form of sickness and disease is demonic oppression Woo! because Jesus went around getting that off of the people and that's where it originates from from the devil so we are above those things you know Satan he is always looking to oppress and push down the believers who are either uninformed or misinformed about their true spiritual position and identity in Christ. Therefore, all types of uh, humiliating, frustrating, frustrating events befall them. And they think, well, this is just par for the journey because, you know, we just have to get beat up by the devil as we go through life. But that's not true. You have to have a mentality that you are in Christ and you are far above, not just above it, far above it. Mm -mm. And so while you'll certainly be aware of all the threats and all the potential dangers that are out there and you can hear it and you can see it everywhere, you have to realize that you are above it and there is divine protection. There is covenant protection to the believer in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When you realize that you are seated far above. You realize that your true citizenship is in heaven. And that allows you to bring some of that heaven down here to earth, just as much as we possibly can. Glory to God. As mentioned in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 11, and let us go to verse 21. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 21, that your days may be multiplied. How many of you want to live a long time? 
that your days may be multiplied and the days of your children. See, when you're winning, you're not looking to check out prematurely. When you're winning through the power of the Holy Spirit and being able to work in the supernatural, you're, you're, you're just not trying to run away from planet earth. Praise God. So this is God's will for you that your days may be multiplied and the days of your children, just like you want to live a long time. You want your children to have a long life in the land, which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. Woo, glory to God. Yes, life has its challenges, but through faith we overcome every single one. We believe, hallelujah, and we enjoy our redemption, and we enjoy this uh, unusual experience of having the flow of the mind of Christ, that anointing, touch our minds. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we also enjoy this sacred, unspeakable treasure of divine presence. Hallelujah. And we also believe the Holy Word of God. And my friends, we pull these things together and we surround it all with the mentality of the New Testament believer that in Christ, the King of the universe, that where he's at is where we have been lifted to and we are above all of these things on the earth that cause so many so much trouble. There is victory in Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, uh, in today's world, there are so many dangers in all of the different nations that are within the earth. Every continent, every country, every nation, every state has their own challenges, their own dangers. But in Christ, you can overcome all, and you can be the person that God has called you to be. And you can do that by working in the supernatural. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I see you doing that. And because of that, because of that, I see you shining brightly. And that designates you as a sign and a wonder, not as a normal person. There's no designation in that but as a sign and a wonder in the church, in the earth, in the earth, you are in the church for those outside of it to see. And you also inspire those within it. Mm, mm, mm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. This is the manifestation of the sons of God. This is the church's golden hour. Hallelujah. Gross darkness in the earth, but the glory will be seen upon you. It's your time to shine. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for your precious people that it's time for them to operate. It's time for them to work in the supernatural as they take these tools, these principles and apply it to their life. Father God, let unusual, un unusual shinings come forth to glorify Christ, to draw men to you to draw people to you. We give you all of the glory and we thank you for raw miracles taking place because that's our portion. And this is the hour for the supernatural and the miraculous. So father, we thank you that we are working in the supernatural. We give you praise. We give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. Now say, I believe it. Say, say this, confess this out loud with your mouth. Say, I believe I am appointed for signs 
and wonders in the church for others to see for the glory of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're watching today's program and you have not been born again, and you do not know Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you want to get your life right with God, do so right now. Pray right now. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross to save me from my sins. And I believe that you rose again and that you're in heaven right now. Jesus, I give you my life. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life. And take me now as your own. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Welcome to the family of God. God loves you so much. Hallelujah. And we do too. Praise the Lord. Let's celebrate the Lord Jesus today. Let's proclaim his death, his great accomplishment at Calvary by taking Holy Communion. Mm -mm. I want to invite you, grab some unleavened bread, grab some grape juice, and let's pray over it together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We sanctify it. We set it apart as holy through this prayer. We bless it now. We thank you, Father, that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus, the Savior of the world. Father, we thank you that we can see the kingdom. We can see your kingdom because we have been born from above. And Father, as we receive the flesh of Jesus, we can see Christ in the broken bread. We can see his body. Oh, we thank you, Father God. We thank you for making us signs and wonders for your glory. For your glory, it's time in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us receive the Lord's body. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask if we've committed any sin that you would forgive us, that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, if anybody has sinned against us, has done anything wrong against us, we forgive them, we bless them, and we go on. We thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus, for protection, that we have a blood covenant with you, Father, through your son's shed blood, and that all of his blood was poured out for the remission of our sins. We thank you that we are in right standing with you. We thank you, Father God, that we believe in the finished work of Christ at Calvary. When he said it is finished, he paid the full price. And so, Father, we celebrate his death. We proclaim it until he comes again. And we say, Lord, Maranatha, come quickly. Father, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the holy blood of Jesus. Sickness and disease has to bow its knee at the name of Jesus through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is divine protection in the end times, the, the flesh and the blood. This is a divine protection. Please hear me. See the kingdom of God in the elements. This is divine protection. Now, somebody that would be a believer would say, I don't understand that. That's because you can't see the kingdom of God unless you be born again. Hallelujah. Praise God. But we have passed from spiritual death into spiritual life. We know who we belong to, the Lord Jesus. We know where we're going. We're not afraid of death. We love the Lord. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to heaven to spend our lives with Jesus forever. Praise the Lord. Right now, lift your hands, begin to praise the Lord, and just say, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. Lord, we bless you. We give you glory and honor and praise. Father, in Jesus' great name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. As we close, I do see angels of provision that are bringing seed to those that you said in your heart, Lord, I'd like to be able to sow a seed for Pastor Stephen's uh, ministry project of the hangar. I'd like to be able to sow a seed. So, Lord, give me the seed to sow. I see angels bringing the provision so that you'll have the seed to sow. And others, you may have it, but it's tied up or something. The Lord will help that to come so that you can sow with a joyful heart, no pressure, but with a giving, thankful heart. Let it be your thanksgiving seed. Praise God. Amen. The Lord is good. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your love and your prayers. I look forward to seeing you back next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.